Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Saturday, January 30th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I'm excited to be here with you on this nice Saturday morning to get ready for a very competitive eight-game NBA slate this evening. So what I'm going to do here, I'm running solo today. Andrew's uh, off uh, on the weekends. I'm going to go through all eight games and uh, just break down a combination of some things uh, to, to come up with games we want to attack and players we want to attack or fade. And we're going to do that by looking at, at the game lines. We're going to look at the defensive uh, efficiency for each team and the pace that they play at to give us an idea uh, that uh, in combination with the line, the Vegas lines will give us an idea of how many DFS points will be available in the game, how many possessions, uh, and that'll help us make some of the close decisions. Uh, I also uh, took a deep dive here in my fa uh, favorite statistical uh, category, which is defensive, defensive real plus minus. And the great thing about that is it gives you a snapshot of uh, individual players and how they're defending their position per 100 uh, possessions. So it gives you a good idea of, you know, teams' weak spots or strength spots as well. And some of them are a surprise. They're not what you would expect. So uh, it sometimes can open up some value where, uh, other people may miss it. So uh, real quickly, uh, yesterday, fantastic last night. We Both of our hybrid lineups were successful uh, in cash games. Um, my hybrid also cashed in our single entry and some uh, multi-entry tournaments. And also Andrew's uh, GPP line was awesome. It, it did really well in cash and GPP. So we want to keep that momentum going. I uh, want to make sure and get DraftKings and Yahoo, uh, you know, right there. We'd love to sweep all three every day. That's our goal. So we're going to try to get that done today. Um, real quickly, if uh, you're watching this on YouTube right now, please take a second to hit the thumbs up. That's really important to us. Subscribe to our channel. Again, very important. And hit the little alert button, the little alarm up in the top corner. That'll let you know every time one of our podcast posts, and we're posting PGA, uh, NBA, and NFL. So we've got uh, a pretty busy schedule, and you don't want to miss uh, when those post. Um, other than that, we'd love to have you at DFS Coach Talk. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of new members lately. We have a tremendous community uh, and a uh, lot of knowledge in there. We'll be, we'll be talking with each other in Discord throughout the day, getting ready for this evening's games. And then, uh, you know, just to give everybody a better idea. And then 30 minutes before lock, which is at a weird 8 p.m. Eastern tonight, which is it's usually always seven. Um, and with 30 minutes before that, we'll be in discord. We'll get out those full lineups for FanDuel and Yahoo. And we'll put up the coach's clipboard, which gives you a highlighted uh, group a highlighted core and a, a group of other players uh, to build out your DK lineup. So that's where we're at. Let's dive into this and get after it. Okay. First game, we've got Portland and Chicago. Again, it's an eight o'clock game. We have Portland 
Uh, defensive rating 28, and we have uh, Chicago's 25th. So that got my attention. I wanted to mention that first because that makes this game playable. Vegas uh, completely agrees. They've got Chicago as a two-and-a-half-point favorite and the over-under 232. So you've got a big fat number there right out of the gate. It is the biggest on the slate. And by the way, our uh, lines are are provided by our partner, betus.com.pa, which uh, is the best book in the business. All right. D, uh, as far as the pace goes, we have more positive news here in this game, and that is Portland is 13th, Chicago's all the way up to second. So we got to dig into this first game right off the bat uh, because it has all the elements of being a very uh, important and high-scoring DFS game today. Um, as far as the defensive real plus minus, what I did uh, so we wouldn't take too much time today is I just took the top and bottom 15% and pulled out the guys that fell into those two categories. Uh, As far as the top 15% best defenders for Portland uh, uh, overall, it's uh, Covington, as we expected, and then there's Archidiacono, and uh, who's this guy? I can't read my own writing. That's terrible. That would be who plays for Portland? Uh, can't read my own writing. That's hilarious. I will look that up and see what it is. Um, A-L-E-O. I don't know what that is. I'll look, though. I'll double-check it and get that to you. On Chicago's side, it is just uh, Gafford. That's it. Um, Nobody else, which, you know, doesn't bode well for Chicago. On the other hand, they have a lot in the bottom 15, uh, which uh, is something to take note of. And the other thing is when we're going over these DRPMs, they're great notes to take for going forward. This game, yes, we want to you know focus in on it, but you know these statistics don't completely change overnight. So start honing in on positions you want to take advantage of uh, going against a team and, and same thing, the ones you want to fade. All right. Um, on the negative side for Portland, Giles is down low. Simons, we know Lillard doesn't defend well, and Trent. So not good. Their backcourt does not defend. Certainly something to target going forward. Um, and then as far as poor defense on the Chicago side, it's Sadoransky and Levine. So again, high scoring potential in this game. A lot of stacking can be done. And I think you have to have some exposure right out of the gate. Um, In fact, uh, let's go here and take a look at a couple of things here. And I want to make sure we have the depth charts up because we do have quite a few uh, injuries and COVID situations. And so before we get in who we want to play out of this Portland-Chicago game, I think I want to... Uh, go over this real briefly so you know you get the latest uh, situation on the injury report how and how it goes uh, affects this slate and it I'm sure it will be updated as the day goes on but for right now uh, I'll go through quickly Grayson Allen is out 
for Memphis. Gabe Vincent for Miami is probable. Derek Jones for Portland out. Um, we've got Robert uh, Covington is questionable. Cameron Payne for Phoenix out. Sarge out. Booker out. So the Mavs get a break with some Phoenix guys being out, but Mavs are playing bad. Maurice Harkless uh, is out for Miami as uh, the a lot of the guys are back. However, Dragic is doubtful, so more than likely an out there. Bradley and Iguodala are now questionable, and so is Hero. So they just can't get any type of roster together at any particular point. It's crazy. Joe Val's out for a while for Memphis, uh, which has a big effect. And guess what? Davis and LeBron are questionable for the Lakers. It's it's a joke, man. Absolute joke. But the interesting one is Jimmy Butler. Questionable. He may come back. So we have there's some big news out of all those guys uh, that we have to watch very, very carefully because uh you know, one shift like that changes the entire slate. So, you know, that's why we encourage everybody join, you know, join in, go to DFS coach talk. You can dot com. You can get as little as a week uh, membership. And we're in discord throughout the day with all these changes. And it's never been this many changes, this many shifting of lineups, uh, late swap like crazy, because there's just so much movement in these players sitting or playing. Uh, like none of us have ever seen before. So uh, if you're not a member and you can follow us on Twitter, we post things there as well. Um, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic and Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. So as we look uh, at this game a little further, uh, again, a key game to have some, some, uh, uh, leverage here to 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 get with uh, the field. I think Lillard, you got to look at immediately. You know, with McCullum out, he's been great. Chicago's backcourt does not defend well, so Lillard very highly in play for me. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, as you know, as long as uh, Jones is out now and Covington might not play, Carmelo's been making value every game. Uh, Ennis Canner is another one. Uh, that is dangerous uh, for sure. He's uh, really taken over the center spot there and been playing well. So those would be my top guys for Portland. I mean, there's a little riskier plays in Hood or Simons, but, you know, uh, they're more GPP for me and not as much in my cash lineup. Uh, On the Chicago side, I mean, how can you not like Zach Levine here a little bit? Uh, For sure, his price is pretty high, but he's been so consistent, so effective, and this game should be a high-scoring shootout. Um, By the way, Portland's 9-8, and and the Bulls have dropped to 7-10. and So, you know, these these teams are both right in the middle. They're in the thick of it, and uh, an important game for both. Uh, Other guys on Chicago, Kobe White's been all over the place. I don't trust him right now. Uh, especially with Sadoransky and Archidiakono getting minutes. Uh, it's just sort of a mess with him. Uh, Laurie Markinen on the right day is good. Uh, here's the difference, though, for me. If Covington plays, I think he can shut Markinen down pretty much. If he doesn't play and there's no Derrick Jones Jr., as we know, uh, I'm not sure who's going to guard him. 
Uh, but if it's somebody like Carmelo or somebody of that nature, he's going to go bonkers. So um, right now, that's that's what I'd look for there. Uh, Gafford, on the other hand, not getting quite enough minutes. I mean, they're, you know, have so many guys in and out and rotating. Uh, I wouldn't go there. So, again, I want to come out of this game, even though it's an eight-game uh, uh, schedule today with with a good like three players. I think that would be fantastic, and I think it's maybe very well needed. All right, game two also eight o'clock. Um, oh, by the way, Portland Chicago did not play last night and do not play tomorrow. So island game for both. They're going to let it loose. Big minutes, roster guys in this game. Sacramento uh, second game is uh, who do we have here? Milwaukee. And Charlotte is who I have listed on my chart. Uh, again, it's an 8 o'clock game. Both teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, both teams in some competitive games yesterday. You've got the Bucks minus 7 and the over-under 229. So another big number. Um, defensive efficiency 16th and 17th respectively. Pace Milwaukee 6th. Charlotte 20th. So fairly average there. Strong uh, defensive, real plus-minus guys for both teams. Connaughton and Holiday for Milwaukee, uh, very, uh, very tough. Charlotte has three guys, Graham, Biombo, who's just getting small minutes now that Zeller's back, and Rogier. But, you know, that's why they're having this tough situation where uh, they're trying to get LaMelo Ball big minutes. But with Graham and Rogier scoring and to the top backcourt defenders, uh, it creates a little bit of a logjam. And then when I point this out, it makes it even worse. First of all, Milwaukee has nobody in the bottom 15%. So hence the reason why they're always in the top four or five or six uh, on the defensive side as a team. But uh, two guys for Charlotte are the two backup guards, and that's LaMelo Ball himself and Monk that don't defend well. So, uh, creates somewhat of a conundrum there for the coach to try to get LaMelo's uh, offense and, and keep the defense I think you'll uh, of their backcourt. I think you'll see a lot of uh, offense-defense uh, substitutions towards the end of close games. Uh, they did it last night as well. Ball came in and uh, Rozier went out. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, as far as, uh, you know, Milwaukee, they came off a game with Houston there was a lot of emotion uh, in that game, you know, with with the big trade that went on. Um, but, you know, uh, Giannis on a back-to-back against Charlotte certainly uh, has to be mentioned. I don't know if I want to pay up to that number, uh, you know, especially with Charlotte's pace. It is paced down for Milwaukee, so I probably won't go there. Um Middleton had a really bad game last night. He should rebound today. I think he's the best play for the Milwaukee side. Um, He's the guy that I'm looking at. His price is a little high, but it's reasonable enough that you can play him. Um, Don't want, obviously, Holiday or DiVincenzo right now because simply of uh, that backcourt defense of Charlotte. On the Charlotte side... um, you know, I, Cody Zeller, <clears throat> his price is still low, and he's playing good minutes, and he looks really good, but he hasn't been uh, back that long, and it's a back-to-back, so I'm a little concerned on minutes, 
And, you know, Giannis does protect the rim there, even if, uh, you know, he's not guarding Cody. Uh, you know, it, it creates some concern. So, uh, you know, I'm not really crazy about this game. Uh, even though the number's high, I do like Middleton. He, he has a great chance to make my lineup. Uh, Hayward has been fantastic for Charlotte. There's no question. But, you know, Middleton defense and that interior Milwaukee is a little concerning because Hayward's price has gone up quite a bit. All right, let's go to game three. That is the Houston Rockets at eight and nine against the New Orleans Pelicans at seven and ten. And that was a really good win for the Pelicans last night. Um, so that you got to be uh, fired up if you're a Pelicans fan that they needed to turn the tide a bit. Um, right now, uh, we have the betus.com.pa uh, numbers here with uh, both teams, obviously. Uh, uh, well, you've got New Orleans coming off the back-to-back, so but they are a one-point favorite. The over-under is 222.5. Um, as far as defensive rating goes, Houston is up to fourth, which is really surprising. But they've got, and I'll explain why, they're using three guys that are in the top, you know, uh, 12% actually uh, in all of NBA defensively. Um, and New Orleans is 24 in pace. So it does pull down Houston's, uh, uh, it's a, a pace down. However, I did read some coach talk with Van Gundy saying uh, they want to pick the pace up a little bit because they've been losing and they need, they feel like if they get out and run a little bit, they have guys, which they should. I mean, Ingram, Zion, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker off the bench ball. These guys can all fly Ingram too. So I, I agree. They need to pick up the pace. So I think you'll, you'll see that number and pace go up. Um, okay. Uh, 7th and 21st, by the way, like I said, in, in pace. 4th uh, and 24 in defensive replacement. As far as the DRPM guys, Wood, Nawaba, and Tate for Houston. That's why they're ranked 4th. Wood, huge minutes. Tate's had huge minutes with all the guys being out. And Nawaba's been getting run as well. But those are three stud defenders right now. The, the two stud defenders for the Pelicans are Hart and Adams. So, interesting. Now you've got the dichotomy of really good defenders and really bad defenders uh, for the Rockets. The Rockets have three of the lower guys, and Eric Gordon, DeMarcus Cousins, who's dead last, and uh, Mason Jones, the guy that's been playing the guard off the bench uh, for them and started some games when they were shorthanded. So that's somebody uh, uh, as well. And then on the uh, Pelican side, there's three guys, Zion, rated low, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Bledsoe. So, you know, you've got some weaknesses there uh, defensively, and, I, you know, that could be why uh, Van Gundy wanted to slow them down initially. Uh, interesting game, though. It really is. I, you know, coming off a of back-to-back, uh, some guys uh, grabbed quite a few minutes, Um uh, which, you know, you just wonder how much is that going to affect some of these guys. Um, Ball had a phenomenal game. Uh, Ingram was just absolutely on fire, uh, you know, and but you've got some good defenders. If Tate's 
uh, going to uh, guard Ingram or Bledsoe. We'll see how that goes. Oladipo's not ranked yet, but he's a fine defender. Um, you know, there's a lot of exposure you could have for this game. I think Wall, Oladipo, and certainly Wood. Wood's very expensive, but they're all playable. Um, on the New Orleans side, I, I really don't like Balk just coming off a big game right away like that. Bledsoe, that was an emotional game for him. Expense-wise, it's hard to grab Ingram and Williamson, but I have no problem getting one or the other. I think that would be a really, really good fit uh, if you can scoop one of those guys. All right, let's fly to game four. We're trying to stay on a decent pace here. Miami keeps getting like six guys back and eight guys out and four guys back and seven guys out. They've been just a crazy disaster, but uh, with COVID and everything. And it shows in their record. Uh, coming into this one, Sacramento's 8-10. and 10, The Heat are 6-12. and 12. But again, you know, there's a questionable uh, tag on uh, Butler. So that would be fantastic uh, if they could get him back in there. Um, somehow Miami's a six-point favorite. Uh, Sacramento is coming in on a, a second night of a back-to-back. I think defensively that probably is going to help Miami since Sacramento's dead last. Uh, that's probably why the line is what it is. Miami's 22nd, though. This is They've done worse, uh, again, because of all the rotation of guys. Pace-wise, you have Sacramento 11, Miami 19, so somewhat average pace. Uh, DRPM, you know, the only guy for Sacramento is the scrappy uh, Rashawn Holmes, who really uh, gets after it, bodies people, and he's a little undersized, but it should work fine against uh, Bam Adebayo. I think that he's the kind of defender, and there's only a handful, maybe maybe less, maybe two or three guys that are built quick enough, strong enough, like Holmes. Uh, at that size to guard Bam. That's why I'm not playing Bam. I, I completely respect uh, Holmes' defense. Um, for the Miami Heat, uh, two, the two old stalwarts still find a way to be in the top defensive, uh, you know, efficient, uh, uh, real plus minus, and that's Bradley and Iguodala, uh, which, you know, there you go. Once you know how to play D, you know how to play D. On the other side of the coin, for uh, Sacramento, they have uh, a little bit of problem here since these, these are three of their key players. Halliburton, Fox, and Bagley all rated very, very low, hence the 30th-ranked defense. The only guy ranked low for Miami right now is Kendrick Nunn. So if he wants to compete uh, for minutes when all these guys are healthy, he's going to have to turn that up because that will not be uh, acceptable to Coach Spolstra. So a couple things here, you know, we need to see all the information on Miami. I'm not going to spend a lot of time recommending uh, these guys when we have so many of them that we don't know if they're going to play. We don't know if Hero's playing, certainly Butler, which would change everything. Uh, I already said I'm fading uh, Adebayo. And then just, you know, the bench guys, too. Uh, you know, are we get Dragic has already been ruled out, so we know he's not going to play. Gabe Vincent is questionable. He had a phenomenal game uh, the last time around. So let's see how this uh, pans out, and then we'll make a determination uh, who we want to play because you got to attack Sacramento defense. It's a home game for Miami. So however this shuffles out, I will find a couple Heat guys uh, to uh, roster 
Uh, and they're all in play to me, you know, whether it be Hero, if he plays, certainly Butler, uh, you know, he we'll see if he's on a, a minutes restriction. Um, Gabe Vincent, uh, all those guys uh, can be played. So let's keep an eye on that one for sure. All right, real quick coffee break here. All right, we go on to the next one. We're rocking and rolling this. It is Milwaukee and Charlotte. Milwaukee is, um, let's see, Milwaukee's 11 and 7. Charlotte is 8 and 11. I already went over this game, didn't I? I'm losing my, losing my pace here. All right, let's go. That's right. Uh, how about the Lakers in Boston? Everybody's interest. Big TV game. Everybody wants a part of this one. It's an 8:30 game, uh, and it is the Lakers minus two is all at Boston. You know, we got the tag like we always do on uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis is questionable, but who I would think they play against Boston. Um, Lakers are number one defensive team in the league, and Boston is 14th. So. You know, interesting. Boston does have their big guns back and playing. Uh, so this is going to be full on. I'm sure James and Davis play. This will be a really fun game uh, to watch. Listen to the defensive prowess of these two teams. It is impressive. These are, again, mind you, top 15% guys at their positions. Lakers, Anthony Davis, uh, Morris, Harrell, Pope. And Matthews and Gasol still sneaks in there. So, uh, you know, they're number one because uh, they've got six guys on their squad that are ranked super high defensively. So definitely a couple of red flags there for thinking the Boston guys can blow up the, the chart. Um, uh, four guys for Boston, though, which is very interesting. You've got, of course, Smart, Tatum. Uh, Tice is in there, and Pritchard, who's hurt, but uh, he's in there as well. What, what a surprise for that rookie. Um, Lakers have zero guys in the bottom 15%. So, you know, they're the real deal. There's no doubt. Uh, but Boston, for some reason, doesn't like their point guards uh, to play defense much because you've got Walker, Waters, and Edwards, all three guys ranked very low defensively. All right, let's t let's figure this one out. Uh, should be a, a good shootout game, close. Both teams, uh, you know, obviously dangerous. You know, do you spend up for James or Davis here? I'm not going to. I think this game is going to be overowned. Uh, it's going it's getting most of the highlights of the day. But as we just saw, both of these teams can really defend. Um, you know, same thing goes with Brown and Tatum. They they demand the ball. They have high usage. But Kemba Walker's back in the picture, and he is uh, for really stepping up the last few games. His minutes limit has continued to rise for the last three games, I think really peaking in this game. So you've got a lot of strong, high-salaried guys on both sides. I'm not going to go there today. I think both teams are deep enough and play good enough defense that it gets spread around. I don't think it gets spread around to the point where I want to play any of these value guys. I don't see the need to, uh, you know, smart is not that cheap. 
Uh, so he's not really a value guy, but the super value guys, even Schroeder's, Pope's, Gasol's, Tice, those kind of guys, I just don't think they're going to quite get there. So it's one of those games I just don't feel great about. Uh, the over-under 219 number isn't anything to get super excited about either. So uh, I would assume almost everybody's going to have some exposure in this game, but I'm not. So maybe that'll be my contrarian differentiator uh, for this day. All right, next game. Uh, we have Memphis and San Antonio. Uh, Memphis is 7-6, and six, San Antonio 11-8. and eight. Uh, It is an 8-30 game. Um, San Antonio minus three, and uh, San Antonio is on a second night of a back-to-back, which is always terrifying with Pop because you never know what on earth he's going to do. So uh, Memphis is all the way up to the second-best defensive team in the league. They are really locking it down. And San Antonio is 11th, which they've, they were in the 20s most of the year. They've come straight up the chart. Pace-wise, not bad. Memphis is 12th and San Antonio 14th. So, you know, above average, which makes this game playable. But here's what's going to blow you. This, these two have more top defensive uh, DRPM players than even Lakers in Boston. I'll give you the quick chart. Memphis, Melton, Jang, Clark, the rookie Bain, Anderson, Joval, and Tillman. All those guys. It's amazing. Uh, Joe Val remains out. Xavier Tillman gets it done, man. I like him again tonight. Brandon Clark's been terrific. I like him as well. Um, what you know? Now let me tell you the top players for San Antonio, uh, defensive wise. Uh, Rudy Gay, the rookie Vassell, Lyles, Mills, Pirtle, and a very highly rated Dejounte Murray, and that is the reason I'm fading Jaw. Uh, in this particular situation. Now, on the negative side for this team, there's only one guy from either team that is in the lower 15%, and that's Lonnie Walker. So let's let's figure out this game. 222.5, very fair. We talked about all the other reasons that lead to uh, wanting to roster some guys. I like the big guys from Memphis in Clark and Tillman. Um, I also like the way DeRozan is playing, but he gets Kyle Anderson defense. And, you know, that's nothing to shake a stick at. He's in the top groups as well. Um, maybe Dylan Brooks is a play here with Lonnie Walker being uh, a poor defender, and they're going to be locking a lot of guys down. So I think you could look there. Uh, again, I Moran against Murray defense. I think he'll play enough minutes to give Morant some trouble, and he's expensive. Um, on the San Antonio side, you know, I think DeJounte Murray himself is playable. He looks really good right now. He's just smooth, lots of steals. He gets a lot of uh, periphery stats. Uh, definitely a dangerous guy that needs to be looked at. And as I said, even though DeRozan gets decent defense, uh, he looked fantastic last night. He just took over in certain spots. Uh, the rookie Johnson had, you know, some good spurts. He's a little inconsistent, and his price is hovering a little bit better than it was. So you got to really consider him as well. Uh, the guys I'd steer away from uh, are Lamarcus Aldridge. He's come down to an all-time low price in the mid fives or lower fives. 
but he's playing like a mid fours player. He just, he looks slow. He doesn't, he's just not, you know, the same guy. I mean, father time, another guy that's getting him. And then Pirtle gets in there and plays decent minutes too. So definitely not going there. All right, we're moving it. I'm trying to get this in, in a reasonable, reasonable time. So we've got Phoenix at my collapsing Dallas Mavericks. Phoenix is nine and eight. They're all refreshed. They got here to Dallas uh, day before yesterday. Uh, The Mavericks, however, have this will be their third in four nights. It is uh, they played last night like garbage, got crushed by Utah two games in a row, flew back in the middle of the night and have to prepare for a fresh Phoenix team. So as you can tell, I'm not too fired up. Dirk agrees. We were talking about it earlier. He's very disappointed. Um, Here's the deal. Dallas is a two-point favorite. So, you know, what do you think there? I do know this much, though, and this is a little bit of local knowledge. Uh, They had, we had the post-game stuff on the Dallas uh, uh, Fox Southwest channel, and they interviewed uh, Luca after the game, and he was pissed. And, I, you know, he did what a leader should do. You know, he said, this is unacceptable. We have to get together and figure this out. You know, it's not going well, and we need to make, you know, do whatever we need to do. To... So, you know, may, I'm sure Luke is going to be heard. Uh, maybe a couple of the vets, maybe a James Johnson or something will step up. And I would assume they'll give a better effort. Uh, but again, you know, there's some tired legs. There's some guys, uh, you know, still coming back from COVID. Uh, it's, it is very interesting. But to be favored in this game was really surprising to me. Uh, here's the problem. The over-under is 217, which is not good. Uh, Phoenix is the seventh best defensive team in the league, which is very impressive. Dallas, two weeks ago, sat at 11th. They're now 21st in defense. The wheels have come off. Um, here's the thing that sucks though, and why I'm not crazy about this game, 29th and 24th in pace. So, you know, and again, you got a Dallas team that's probably a little tired, wants to slow the game down. Uh, if Phoenix is smart, they're going to try to push the ball, uh, and create more possessions to take advantage of having more rest. So that is a possible, a good sign. Um, Phoenix has a a lot of tremendous defenders. The top 15% group that they have, and it is very substantial. You have uh, Bridges, who's becoming a really, really good two-way player on offense defense. Uh, You've got Cam Johnson. Kaminsky, I don't know how he, I I thought he was a bad defender, but he's on the list. Sarge, Crowder, and Payne. So even their depth off the bench is really, really good. Uh, surprisingly, Chris Paul's not on that list yet, but we know that he, you know, he has a long reputation of, uh, defending well Booker, one of the worst defenders, but he's out this game. So that's, uh, not going to come into play for Dallas. You've got Dorian Finney Smith. Who's it's good to have him back. He's only been back for a couple games. Uh, the guy we miss extremely uh, a lot here in Dallas as far as his minutes are Maxi Kleba because he is on the list defensively and he's also a really good 3 and D guy. So he, he knocks down some big shots. Um, he is still out. 
Um, and then Cauley Stein made the list. Um, not sure how, but he did. And then on the negative side, it's Luca. And, you know, we had shown a stat six games in that he had really improved. But as part of this uh, downfall of the defense, uh, he's been getting smoked. Now, to his defense, he has been, for some reason, Carlisle has him generally playing the best perimeter player from the other team in a lot of games, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Some of that was because Dorian Finney-Smith was out. And, you know, before that, Brunson was out. So I get that. And I think you'll see Luca's numbers improve now that he gets to play some of the secondary guys instead of always having to uh, play the main guy. Um, so the question is, what do you do in this game? Um, I don't like this game. I don't like any of the Mavericks, the way they're playing right now. Um, they've got to figure out number one is what in God's name is wrong with Porzingis. I mean, the last couple of games, he looks completely lost. He looks intimidated. He's, it's just horrible. So until they get him playing, which I don't see how you could roster him at his number, uh, then they're, they've got a long ways to go. Um, you know, Luca with getting some bridges defense probably, and, you know, maybe some Crowder, a couple switch off to Paul. Those are all good defenders. So I'm not paying that big number on Luca tonight. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton burned me so bad the other day. He just looks so much like garbage. Um, and then he came back and had a decent game the next game. <clears throat> but I don't really trust him. I really don't. Now, I know Dallas has been getting, uh, I guess the best word for it is filleted, filleted as a fish. Uh, in the paint, they can't stop anybody. So you would think Aiton would have a big game here, and his price is fair. So I hate to say it, but I'm definitely considering Aiton again, even though he was he's on my all-hate list with some of my other favorites like Danny Green, etc. But he may find a way to make my lineup. I may hold my nose and and uh, pull that trigger. Um the other guy that, you know, didn't have a great game last time out, but with Booker out, you would think Chris Paul would step up. Now, he's going to get some Josh Richardson defense, uh, I would think, uh, and that could create uh, some issues for him, uh, which if that is the case, the other only other guy I'd consider from this game is Mikael Bridges. Again, they need him defensively out there. He's a decent shooter. He's a little volatile, so you got to be careful. Uh, certainly a great GPP play, but he may sneak into a cash lineup for me uh, as well. All right, last game, game number eight. It is the late night sweat hammer game. Ten, it's a 10 o'clock game by itself. It's the Detroit Pistons at a stellar 5-14 and 14 against the upstart Golden State Warriors who have 10 wins. They're 10-9, and nine, quite an improvement from last year. Uh our, our friends at betus.com.pa have Golden State five-and-a-half-point favorite as Detroit's on this road swing. Um, and it is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Detroit. Uh, the over-under right now is set at 223-and-a-half, so good solid number there. Uh, definitely want to have a little exposure at least in this game. Um, the defensive efficiency – Below average, Detroit 19, Golden State right in the middle at 15. 
Uh, interesting, though, Detroit's 23rd in pace, so it is a pace down for Golden State, but Golden State is third. They are really pushing the ball. That should uh, elevate some of Detroit's numbers, uh, and I think this game, you know, there could be some, some decent scoring and DFS uh, point opportunity. As far as the DRPM guys, top guys for Detroit, uh, you've got um, Grant, uh, Wright, and Plumley. So three guys that start, uh, which you know give you a little pause with the Golden State guys. They get big minutes uh, for Golden State, and I mentioned this uh, the other day with Andrew too. Wiggins is playing really good defense this year. So, I mean, I guess anything is possible. A possible. And Pascal also is on that list. As far as the poor defenders, for Detroit, it's Dumbuyu, the second-year player, and Mr. Derrick Rose. And for Golden State, it is the rookie center, Mr. Wiseman, and, of course, our man Steph Curry, who, you know, little Olay defense so that he can get up there and fire the three up quicker on the other side. So I get it. I get it. I've, I've been there. Um so this, this makes for an interesting game. I like the over-under. I like the number. I think I like the pace here for the most part. Um, you know, DeLon Wright is a, is a nasty defender. He's he's uh, He causes trouble. And I think he holds Curry in check. I, you know, it's weird. Curry's been like ice cold at times and absolutely unstoppable red hot at times. So trying to figure out. Uh, which direction that goes is, is uh, interesting. Now, it's only a five-and-a-half-point spread, which seems low uh, with the Pistons being 5-14. and 14, But, you know, I, I would say, you know, I, Curry's not 100% fade for me, but I just think there's a chance Golden State pulls away with this game. And I also think that, uh, I, you know, I respect Wright's defense. So I think you got to... Uh, be just a little cautious there. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant has been just out of his mind good. Now, he did not have a great game yesterday, but if they're going to stay in this game, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Uh, you know, I, Kelly Oubre, he's going to be facing on the other side, is active um, and, you know, can defend well in times, but not consistently. I don't know if, if I can afford to spend up for Grant on an eight-game slate uh, with so many good options, but he's in play. Blake Griffin, again, there's another guy when he plays, uh, he, you know, he's been making value. He still can play. He's not he's a shadow of himself again like a lot of the guys that are getting older, but some slight consideration there. One guy I like, believe it or not, if you can stomach the foul trouble, I mean, Mason Plumley is fouling at like a Mitch Robinson, Robinson level right now. It's ridiculous. He had fouled out of three games in a row, gotten foul trouble again the last game. I mean, if he stays on the floor, the guy is a DFS points per minute guy. I, I, he really is. He gets a lot of rebounds, uh, stocks all over the place. Um, you know, and he'll finish at the rim with the best of them as far as, uh, you know, lobs and dunks. So uh, I like Plumlee here because he gets probably loony to start off. Uh, when he gets extended run, it'll be against Weissman. And I think he can take advantage of that at a super uh, encouraging price. Um, 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Wiggins is a decent play today, and I never, ever play Wiggins. So uh, I just think if, you know, if Wiggins may get a lot of shots, if they really push down on Curry uh, and, you know, Green gives the ball up, they're not getting it to the centers. Ubre has been extremely uh, up and down. He is uh, definitely heading in the right direction, but if he's going to be guarded by Jeremy Grant, I am not going to play Ubre. So really the most rosterable guy for me on the Golden State side is Wiggins. And I'm, you know, his price is fair enough that I'm really considering it um, on, on that side for sure. Um, not crazy about anybody off of either bench. Uh, so again, you know, it may be one on each side or maybe even a one-off, but I will have uh, some exposure to this game. So it's, it's an interesting slate. Uh, you know, I'm not... Usually I've got a guy where I say, okay, he's a lock and load. I know he's 10,000 or whatever the case may be, uh, but I'm going with him. I don't have that guy today. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going up to Luke or LeBron or AD. You know, it, it may end up being where that I spend the majority of my money on Lillard and Zach Levine in that game as a good, uh, you know, combination of two guys you know, correlating with each other and uh, scoring up a storm. So that's sort of my top plays. I, there's, like I said, a lot of value, a lot of guys coming in, going out with, with the COVID stuff. So I think you can really develop a solid roster and not have to do any dumpster diving for the last spot or two uh, to fill your squad up. So that is it, my friends. Uh, that wraps up everybody. Um you know, for uh, for us with, at DFS Coach Talk, again, we'd love to have you join us. Um, you know, it's very, uh, it's terrific when we get uh, new folks in there because it's new opinions, new ideas, new information, and it really helps everybody chirping in with player news. We've got a lot of members in different markets, so they get sort of the inside skinny there, uh, and uh, it's a great place. So, at DFS Coach Talk, you can join with our best offer we've ever had, which is the 149 offer. If you go to betus.com.pa, sign up with the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, no space, and uh, you'll get 149 in your BetUS account, and you get a free, scot-free membership with us at DFS Coach Talk that goes all the way until April 1st. Can't beat it. So uh, that's our, our great offer. If you just want to Dip your toes in. We have as little of a, as a week uh, lineup. So uh, jump in there. Check us out. Check us out on Twitter uh, at DFS Coach Talk. And then, uh, you know, we're everywhere social media is. Again, on YouTube, last ask, please thumbs up, subscribe, hit that alert button. It really helps us uh, get uh, beat those algorithms in uh, YouTube and, and move up the chart. So. I appreciate everybody. I hope this info gives you some, some really good uh, help with building your lineups tonight. I like this card. Uh, it's not going to be a super chalky card, which is awesome. I think you're going to have a lot of you know different lineups, which gives you a chance to build a contrarian lineup that you can still feel really good about uh, that has a great chance to take something down. So, all right. Again, thank you. Appreciate it. I'll be back uh, tomorrow, Sunday morning. Uh, again, solo to go off that slate. I'll try to get that up, maybe even tonight, possibly, because we do have 
some earlier games on Sunday on the slate. And you know, here at DFS Coach Talk, we cover every game. Uh, if we have to split slates, do an early late, we'll do that for you as well. All right. Thank you very much for the entire team at DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as the coach. We will see you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.